Good evening, good evening. It is December 31st, 2021. Um, and we are here to record the year-end episode of 2021. Um, before I start, I, I just have to say, uh, sleep well, our golden girl, Betty White, uh, was coming back from Atlanta. Um, and I stopped, um, my last stop before I got back home and realized I got on the internet, which I shouldn't have did. And, and then there we go. I had to tell me all the bad news I needed to know. <laughs> Golden Girls, you know, as a black person, just, you know, Lifetime was a stable in the house and Golden Girls, of course, by then was hell. It was in syndication when I was watching it, but you know, they, they really did teach a lot of lessons and, and Betty White, of course, has her own you know, her successes and what she left for so many people. But, you know, the thing that was so special about her, she transcends all humanity because it doesn't matter from what pillar or religion or what you believe, people loved her because she was herself. I think we live in a life where we're trying to be our best self constantly, trying to get to that uh that peak and it's very very hard to to get there so um yeah yeah i i don't know i'm, I'm just still kind of taking in the shock i mean this woman was literally 18 years from um completing the the century and being 100 years old but the way i look at it is uh life is so precious in that we we're not guaranteed tomorrow, no matter how close we are to it. And so we should really cherish today. And um, I think, I think, you know, her, her death, it just it hits a little bit harder just because there's so much I've learned this year. And so the title that I gave this is End of 2021, The Year of Enlightenment and Discovery. Because boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, did we really... Um, discover. And so the first question I will start with is what can 365 days show you? Um, <laughs> 365 days can show you so much. You can go from your highest of highs to your lowest of lows. Um, doubt, just fear, questioning how you are what you will be i just you know i started this year off and my mother was um in rehab for an injury from a fall and she didn't have functioning in her right arm um her legs weren't strong enough to support her weight she couldn't stand she couldn't walk and then to see her come out and around february to come home you know COVID was still a thing and um really just uh, <laughs> going through three jobs this year, you know, first job, you know, um, it, it lasted three days. I had some things with my mom I needed to take care of and, you know, just certain responsibilities that, that didn't, you know, I didn't want to, to cause issues there. Uh, the second job that I got for a company, I was really digging in, but, you know, in the end, it didn't really fit me. And then the third job didn't really fit me because it didn't fit with who I am. As I go forward and recording this episode, 
I will talk about a lot of different things. Um, the one thing that's going to be the funny story about this year, years from now is, you know, when I start, I, I said, when I start the book would be 2021, the year I quit three jobs, um, 2021, the year I worked six months and did pretty well for myself. 2021, the year in which I started another job, but you know, independent in its sense. And I'm starting myself towards owning my own business. So as we go forward, as, as I go forward, everything is about claiming what I want. And like I said, I do want to work somewhere that shows me value, that allows me to have value. And there's an opportunity that's coming to me that I want to seize. And then I want this because I, it's the next step for me as far as when you look at career aspects, building that resume. And this is what I want. Um, but at the same time, owning my own business and then, you know, being multifaceted is what I want as well. And so 365 days have showed me that I am willing to do anything that I need to do to make myself happy. Um, part of that, part of the discovery that I'm talking about is, um, you know, I talked about it in some episodes earlier this year, but, you know, 35 years and about 340, 50 days, I figured out the secret to happiness before I ever, you know, read a book. And I mean, I'm reading one now called Choosing Joy. But I figured it out. Happiness starts with me. It starts with my hands that anyone who comes into my life can share within that, that can add to my concoction that I am making. But at the same time, it is not their responsibility to make this stew or make this recipe for me. It is mine. And it is my responsibility to hold myself accountable to making the best food for myself or the best recipe or the best situation possible. Take all those euphemisms and all those analogies and, you know, and rein them in. Um, so what, what did I learn? Good and bad. Um, I would say that I, like, I just talked about happiness was something that I learned. Um, I learned, I've learned, and this one's big. This one's really big. Comprehension is key. Communicate. Everyone says communication is key. No, no, no. As I move forward, comprehension is key. Making sure that you're able to communicate effectively your needs, your wants, and your desires. And then making sure that you're holding yourself accountable to receiving that comprehension. If a person chooses not to comprehend me, then I choose to remove myself and I choose to find happiness. See, in the past, I always looked at it as if I'm communicating with you, that should be good enough. And if you don't do, if I'm telling you something and you're not helping me, then I'm just going to shut down. There is no more for me shutting down. Um, the reason why this episode it means so much to me is that I'm going to do something um, later that I have not done in some time. I remember sharing New Year's with my ex-wife and she would get all um silly about stuff i i'm i'm you know i'm just gonna feel it all um i'm gonna feel it all this is what we do and she would get all silly and, and back then I, I wasn't um i wasn't i wasn't grateful i didn't have gratitude and i think one of the hardest things that i've had to learn this year is letting go of the failure 
Um, I call it this, it, it's a catalog of succession and failure. And so, you know, when I talk about my marriage and I talk about my divorce, it, it hurts so much because I look at it as like the biggest failure in my life. And I've been fired, I've been laid off, <laughs> but it was to me. And that's how I know that I've moved in the right direction opposed to just a job mattering. I really, I really, really love that woman. And I really wanted to make her happy. I really wanted, I really wanted her to see me and know that I, I just wanted her to, I wanted her to be happy. And I was so foolish back then when I was younger to believe that I had control over someone's happiness and not understand that it's kind of like ingredients. If I am making, if I'm making chicken and I'm not seasoning it, seasoning property, it's going to have a different taste than when I season it. And that's, that's how life is. When you make a life with someone, you are adding seasoning into their life. You are not the chicken. You are the paprika. <laughs> and so I think it hurts so much because when I look at her, I wanted, I saw all my dreams within her. And funny enough, I'm so glad I waited because I at first I was thinking about recording this episode last week, but I'm so glad I waited to the last day of the year because in years past, I would record this episode anywhere from the 26th to the 31st, but going forward, like I did last year, I'm going to record them on the 31st from now on. We took a trip, took a family trip, went to Georgia, went to the aquarium, Coca-Cola, the zoo, um, and you know she has other children with her mother her mother proposed this idea for christmas instead of getting the gifts all the all the kids all these gifts how about we make memories and i'm like i love that and i was like but i don't want to impose she's like no i'd love for you to come and her father was like yeah because i can't go because her father's sick and so i went and i was a little nervous about it i knew i wouldn't be stressed but i was nervous because i know how me and my ex-wife are and there's this tension that we have um as I equated to her father, I believe when she looks at me, she has to see the failure. She sees shame. She feels guilt. And I just really wanted us to get back to a level of where we could just be good friends. I miss the friendship and the real last we have without her trying to push at me and press buttons on me because she feels like the lesser of the two in parenting. And to understand that as a parent, I've never judged her. I just want her to be the best parent she can be and that she has a responsibility to our son. And so within all that comes my own feelings of like, I've had to question myself this year. Like, do I really still, like, am I in love with her? And and really have to search this out. And knowing that I still love her and I will always have love for her. And But it was like, do you love her in a way that you want to still be with her? And there was times this year where I really started questioning when I was in the depths and it was just like, that's an easy thing to, to, to touch on. And we're going to touch on all my love here. We are. And um, I just was like, yo, I don't think that's what I, and then I got to go on this trip this week. And then I got to, we had a, we had a moment a day where she decided like yesterday, she decided she wanted to ride with me, which I did not want because we don't have communicate. We don't communicate anymore. It's not fun riding in a car with someone you used to be married to that you know them very well and that they just, I don't know. And so I was just really like, oh, fuck, this is going to suck. It did at first. And um, we went to the zoo, left the zoo. She had the complaints. 
about because I, I parked far away. So she was giving me a hard time. And um, but like I told my son, the way she loves animals, that's the light in her eye that makes her so amazing to me. And I got to see that that moment. And I was like, OK, that's cool. Um, but then it was like. I remember before I went to bed last night, I was just laughing in my bed and I was like, wow, you will always want to have sex with this woman. Uh, there is a connection that we had intimately that I enjoyed um, because for me, intimacy without having intimacy in sex, it's just, it's just agony. It's just pure agony. It's not fun. It's just bodies slamming together. And, um, so really, I started asking myself, hey, is it just a, is, is it just sex? Is it that you just miss her body? And it was like, yeah. But then it was like after this trip coming back, like last night, I kind of summarized like, no. I want us to be great parents for our son. I do miss the connection we had as friends. I miss the laughs, but I'm free. I'm free because this person who meant so much to me, no longer do I see them in that way. I see them as the mother of my child only. That's freeing. The first time in a long time, as I like to say, I have no debts with anybody coming into this year. Could have possibly been one. But the truth is, is that I think the energies that I've had, I needed to move away from certain people. And I've done that over time. And the people who remained and the people who fought, they're here. I will not cry about the spilled milk of things in the past. I'm just going to move on and we're just going to keep going. And so for me, when it comes to my ex-wife, I love her very much. Um, I wish we were, I wish we were in a better place to where we could have a healthy relationship. Um, whereas it's not this constant pull tug. Uh, I feel like everything it, it is when it comes to parenting, we do, we do. Okay. Uh, if I was going to give it a 10 point scale, I would say a seven. And the reason why is because there's times where she may drop the ball and I feel like I have to carry all the way and it's frustrating. And then sometimes I punch back in words and what I'm going to leave in this year because I'm free. And because I know that the reason why I'm punching is because I want the most for my son. But at the same time, am I punching just because of my son or was I just punching because I just wanted her to see me? I no longer seek the validation of the woman I loved. I no longer seek the validation of my ex-wife. I don't care anymore. I want her to be happy. I want her to have success. And I wish her the best in 2022 and moving forward. She really is a hard worker. She's an amazing mom. And um, I hope she finds everything that comes to her. But what I learned was that is what I needed to let go. And I'm grateful that I was able to. And I'm grateful that we can conduct business, even if it's a 7 out of 10. Because for her, maybe it's a 10 out of 10. I doubt it. I think she thinks I'm a little too much, and I think she's a little too little. And that's tough, but we make it work. And I think as parents, we'll get the job done. So that's, you know, that, that, that's a core thing that I really learned. Um, coming back, I really, I had some moments, I had some tears. Um, I had some tears because I had a moment where I was watching this movie, and it was just the, the main character, she really just resonated with me. And it found me, it found me writing this as I was driving. I am proud of you. I have always been, no matter your mistakes or your hardships, step out of the darkness, embrace the light. As I depart, I will ask, 
what do you see? And I see me. Um, to me, what that means, and and that's not published. I don't know. There's something missing out of it. I will make it pretty. So it, this ain't a lost episode, but lost episode is coming soon. What it meant to me was is, and I, as I was driving, I really was I was crying because it, this girl wanted to mean the most for her family, but she felt invisible. And I have lived a life where I feel invisible at times to the people that I really need them to see me. They don't see me. And it made me really think about how I view expectations and the expectations I put on others, which segues me um, to the other, other crux that I've had to really deal with. And, um, and that comes with the only other woman I've, I've loved. And um, she came after my ex-wife, the only other woman I've dated since my ex-wife. You know, let's let's go back to the timeline. June comes. I'm I've discovered happiness, and right as I discover happiness, this person reemerges in my life. I'm like, all right. As I guys, as I told you guys in the summer, that's the Tampa episode. If you want to know about Tampa, if you want to know about this woman, go to the Tampa episode. And there probably is a subsequent episode after that because she kind of broke my heart in a moment. Um, but okay, let's start it. Let's start at Tampa. So. She comes back to my life. We go to Tampa. And the first night we are there, I will never forget it as long as I live. We're in this pool. It's cold. I'm, I'm kind of freezing. She's freezing. It's beautiful on the kind of the river walk. And um, we were out there having at the pool party all day, but it was nighttime. And she comes close to me and, and she just hugs me. And one of the things that I've learned that I miss is the touch of a woman or like a hug. I just want to feel like I matter to someone. And I've struggled with this because I've learned to push down deep those feelings to, to tell myself, oh, no, no, you're not important enough for that. You don't deserve that. And I want it. And so it felt good. The trip was amazing. Had a blast of a time. Um, and then oddly enough, in the end, my ex-wife came. But I was really not as phased by her because I was really choosing this woman. And I was making that choice. Um, what's funny about this year is it reminded me of 2018 when I took the cruise with this woman, I made the choice to say, you know, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try. I'm going to not let this other person. And as soon as that person figured it out, it's like they tried to jump in and act crazy. The one thing I'll say that has not been the best thing from my ex-wife and I is I'm not dumb anymore. And I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to put it out here. Um, we will always be attracted to teach you to each other. I think she's still attracted to me just as much as I am attracted to her. But for me, it was always her. So this second woman, I don't, I had to come to the grips that I did not love her properly. And I never gave her the right chance. And the Lord has given me, he gave me a chance in 2018 and I squandered that. And this woman comes back into my life and, you know, I kind of got a dose of my own medicine. Now I, what I'm about to say is going to sound crazy, but I'm just going to say it. So June's great. We're back in the fold. End of July, early August, I go in the hospital. Hospital she works at. We've talked about this. She wasn't there for me. I kind of I got it really emotional. I don't know if it was Gemini emotional. I'm thinking clearly now. And I just felt like she wasn't there for me. So I just basically walked off, wrote a poem, peaced out. Ah, well, you know, enough of her friends and her. She cared enough to come back and try to explain and and argue. And I tell my friends that I have 
all these women who are trying to like date me and she's been the focus of my attention i we took august off and then in september she finally tried she tried numerous times to get back in touch with me and then she you know got a new phone and then got back in touch with me again and i yelled I, it reminded me of a two percent conversation i had with my dad i yelled i roared and she took it she sat there she took it and she wanted to be she wanted us to be better about communication and then i remember the first conversation when we actually sat together i went to her house and she talked about expectations um and she talked about the problem in relationships is people have expectations. I have an expectation of her. She has an expectation of me and we need to communicate. And the thing that when, when she was having this conversation, it was enlightening me. But really when I stepped away from it, I was like, no, we're not here. We're not listening to one another. And we were both trying to say the same thing, but the, the highest form of communication is comprehension. If I understand what you're telling me, then I'm going to be better for you and you'll be better for me. And so I found myself really just I've spent the last few months spending nights with this woman, spending time with this woman, just I told myself <laughs> cuz I'm 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 holding myself accountable here cuz it's going to get to the point. I told myself I was doing this because I felt lonely. I needed you know, this attention I wanted, I enjoyed it in her company. So I'm just going to be here and, and figure out what it is. And it's partly true. I'm living in a space of abundance. So I could easily go out and, and meet new people because I did. I went out on a date with a woman and realized mm, it's not what I want. Because ultimately I was trying to like, you know, let me try something different. Let me see. Ultimately, what I've deduced is, is I'm going to give this a true go. Tried in 2018, I'm trying. As I step into the new year, one of the goals that I wrote down or that I'm going to write down and I discuss with her is that I want to spend Christmas with her. All the time, over 10 years we've known each other. We've never spent the Christmas together. I've played around and she's played around and we've kind of just danced around this. And it's like, you know, if we're going to do this, let's fucking do it now. I'm at the bottom of where I've ever been. But consciously... I'm rising to the top, you know, I, I just think it's time. And if ultimately we're not meant to be, we're not meant to be, we'll walk away. I'm done. You have to excuse the fireworks. It's the new year. It comes a part of this. Uh, but if I'm going to put this to bed, I have to put it to bed all the way. And I can't allow my emotional state and how I feel because ultimately, like if I sat down with my ex-wife and said, I have been waiting for you to come back to me since we've been divorced. I love you and I wanted you and I waited for some time. I waited for you to get your head out of your ass and grow up and come back to me and you never did. What you did is you played around with my heart and then you found your next husband and then you married him and you had kids with him. And I don't have any more time to wait. This person makes me happy and we're going to see if we can navigate the tough stuff. We haven't been able to do it before. But honestly, both of us were immature in many ways. 
part of that core was expectation. So when I go back to what did I learn that was good or bad, I learned that I have a problem with expectations, that I set expectations for people and I'm not verbalizing to get that comprehension. We gonna say what we want, we gonna do what we want, we gonna live the way we wanna be. It's really just that simple. And so, um, if that's what we want, well, that's what we should go get, right? And um, I don't know. It it should be that easy, but it's not that easy. And and um, that's that's kind of what I I deduce from it. This woman, I've loved her for some time. Fell out of, I fell out of love with her. I love her, but I'm not in love with her. I'm trying to, I'm trying to work through that because I really want to see if we can comprehend. I, I know it's this easy for me. I love talking to her. I love spending time with her. I love how she makes me laugh, how she makes me feel as a man. Like I feel like a man. I haven't felt like a man in, in some time. Like from like in 2018, I was feeling that way. And then I had a brief taste and then some, like I lost a teammate and then I just went and I just shut it down. I'm in this space of happiness and abundance and I'm not going to block my own blessings anymore. Even if I feel like there's, a, there's this self-destructive mode that I have and it's just really natural. Um, that's just, you know how I felt about this situation. And so um, more than anything, I have, I have a duty to myself to explore how this works and I can't run from it anymore. And I can't have this imposter syndrome where I don't feel like I'm worthy. Half of our problems is I've just felt like I've put her on a pedestal. I've made her, I've made myself believe she's better. It's not shit. I'm the fucking catch too. And a part of the comprehension problem or the communication problem is, is this woman's telling me exactly what she wants or likes from me. And I'm telling her, no, I leave that shit in 2021. You tell me what you want, baby. You got it. You tell me what you need, baby. You got it. If I can't give it to you, I bet. Can we work together? I am afraid. I, I will, I will say this on record. I am afraid because I've never, it's been, my marriage and my subsequent divorce took my identity. So I have not been with a woman in which I have actually shown or given everything. And I'm about to literally put my heart on the table because I don't want it any other way. I want it all. I want every part of it. I want the highest of the highs and give me them lows too, baby. Because it's going to test me. It's going to put me there. I'm not afraid anymore to do it. I was afraid, but I'm not afraid. And so um, that's the start of the year in <laughs> rap as we move to the uh, the next part, which, um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've hit a lot of it, but, you know, the, the trick is, is to summarize, there are two women in my life that I've loved for a long time. One of them I married. This other one I have not ever given her the best shot at trying to love me. I'm not afraid to allow her to love me anymore. And I'm not afraid of how the first woman feels about it because that played a part in it too. 
I choose my happiness and I'm willing to go down any fiery road to get it, even if it's going to be painful. So when I say I want all of it, I cannot have the crown if I'm not willing to take the scars. Yeah. So yeah, as I, I guess I was kind of taking you through my, my crazy love life. It was me finally coming to the understanding that I have held myself back because I felt like I was not worthy to be loved when I had a person who's loved me for quite some time. And I took their challenging me as them not seeing enough of me, not understanding that when they seen the weaker version or just like not the best version of me, they still were there. They still loved me. And I figured that out this year. I, I, I was enlightened to realize that people who are in your life or around your life, who are standing there, who are being active participants to your bullshit, they love your ass. And people who don't really give a shit about you will stay on the fringe and will allow you to be on their fringe just to see what they can get from you. And it's hard because I think when I look at I, what I learned specifically sums it up just in this phrase. The choice that I made of who I married is significant to me because I'm not handing out rings like this is a fucking uh, candy shop. You know, I was thoughtful. Uh, everything I did was to show this woman that I loved her and to fail shattered my ego, my spirit, my pride. It shattered everything that I was. Because it basically is the divorce and looking at her is my reminder of that you didn't pick right. And then the end, if you picked, you couldn't live up to what you were going to do. And so I effectively punished myself because I didn't get the result that I wanted, seeing it as a mistake and a failure. And the truth is it can never be a mistake because it brought me my son. I took a punishment and I casted myself in exile for it. And I missed so many opportunities to enjoy life. And I'm very thankful that I'm still here because I could have been dead. I could have been dead before I ever figured this out. But I've been truly enlightened in that. And so as I was talking about it, as I was driving, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about the movie specifically because they don't pay me to. But uh, this movie I was watching, the main character was just really kind of shunned by the family and wanting to be seen and feeling invisible. And finally, she had her moment where she was. And I, it was, she had to stand up for herself. And it was me telling myself, I'm proud of you. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, I've always believed in you. Even when you don't believe in yourself, I believe in you and I love you. And you need to know that you are worth the time, that you're worth this world, that you're worth the light. We need your light. So I was enlightened and I loved it. And that's kind of the love triangle. I'm going to go into 2022. I'm going to try to see if I can make this goal of having a Christmas, have actually having a solid year with this woman and seeing if I can actually be in a relationship or am I just doomed, but I'm going to throw it all out there and I'm going to be romantic and sappy and stupid and look stupid and feel dumb. But I'm going to do it because I'm going to be honest. Scary thing is when I go in that place, I get real emotional, really emotional experiences. Give me my best creative moments, I believe. But then maybe they don't. I've, I've written 
well, I've I've wrote actually some really good material, not in an emotional thing, but I just feel like sometimes something that just really resonates, it comes from a state, it comes from a really strong state of emotions, whether it's sad or happy. And I've been sad enough, so it's time to be happy. Yeah. As far as the job stuff, I I allowed that to define a lot of my time this year when it shouldn't have. In the end, when I look back at what I did, I was able to work in, in a system, pay my bills, do what I needed to do, move around on a budget, not at the level that I wanted, but a smart budget that got me through and actually enjoy my year, enjoy my time with my son, make the soccer practices, make the soccer games, know all the kids' names, same way with basketball. You know what I mean? And so for me, I just, I think that being present as a father was something that was big too. I spent time really connecting with Jemiah and I really connected with being a dad and I loved it. And now I understand that my life equity is way more important than the work that I'm going to do. So I'm trying to do the, I'm trying to get the most money for the least amount of work. So we'll figure out what we have to do, but I'm, I, I am praying that this opportunity comes to me because it, it really is one of the last this field is something that really jazzes me up as far as a work field. So I ask that you come to me because I need you. Um, and then, you know, hey, like I, I talked to you, I talked to you basically up to June. I talk about my death scare, you know, changing lifestyle. I've been on blood thinners, been doing okay. Went back for my DVT test. Good. We're going for our PE test next month. And if we're good, then, hey, we can change our lifestyle. Um, well, we've changed our lifestyle, you know, about the foods and things. So, you know, I've been trying to get back in shape and, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do. And I'm liking that. Um, but with that, the changing of the lifestyle was the end of alcohol. Um, really, you know, saying I'm kind of done with it. I don't really see a need to it. The blood thinners, I mean, I could drink, but, you know, you'd have to monitor that. I, thought, I felt like having to take the blood thinners was a was the best time to just kind of walk away from it. I was never this person who was like a hard drinker, but I think with having alcohol in the house, I just, it just really was my thing. Like, I've had moments where I have felt stressed or a little sad, and I was like, man, maybe a drink, but that's a mental thing. That's a mental thing of saying, okay, I got to have this to have this. And really, I don't, it's poison anyway, right? <laughs> and so the, the crazy thing about when you say you're not going to drink anymore, you get so much, so many people who are like, why are they asking you the 15th degree? And it's like all this communication. It's like, really shut up. Like, I'm going to say this for anyone who listens to me. If you have a friend who doesn't want to drink, and you're asking them 20 million questions, ask yourself why you drink. Start there. And if you can list 10 reasons why you drink that actually don't hurt you, then keep asking them stupid questions. Because the point is, you're not going to be able to. It's a choice. Just like I make a choice that I can wear shorts and a hoodie, and when it's 30 degrees outside and it's really cold, or I can wear pants, it's the same way with alcohol. No one's crazy because they don't do it. It reminded me of like when I used to work um, back in the day when I didn't drink alcohol at all. And I worked for a company that was like, yeah, if we don't see you drink, we can't trust you. We don't know you. I was smart. Then I would just sip on it. I wouldn't drink like it because I didn't like the taste of it. 
you know, but you go through life and then you be around some people and start drinking it. And, you, you know, you really start be like, OK, I remember being 21 years old, couldn't drink brown. Uh, I could drink brown now. <laughs> you know, I, I had Hennessy when I was 21 and I didn't like it. But boy, baby, it is. My palate has grown to the smoothness of that. And when I tell you the smoothness of it, I'm talking. Meat on the rocks, no chaser. That's the way I like Hennessy. I don't want to mix it. If I mix it, I was mixing it with Dr. Pepper. Now, I'm taking you through this in a mindset of someone who's walked away from it. Because as someone who has, I do miss the taste of that sometimes. Uh, Other than that, it was like Crown Vanilla with Dr. Pepper. You know, but I could drink the Crown Vanilla straight up, too. Like, those is my drinks. So, other than that. I do miss tequila as well. I love tequila. But you know something else I love? Ice cream. And I only had ice cream once this year, and it was because I was filming the Christmas, the Little Debbie Christmas ice cream that they made. I don't eat ice cream like that anymore. You know, the sweets I've had to step back on. If I need a sweet, I have to eat it in the fruit. There's certain rules I've had to kind of govern my life to make me better here, you know? Um... And so really in that section of changing my lifestyle, I mean, I've been, I've been changing the last few years. I was changing how I ate anyway, consuming more water, consuming less fats, cooking more. I've been working on my lifestyle. I would say honestly for the last, my son's nine is about to be 10. So I would say the last six years, because I remember when I took my son to Virginia, all of my family were just fat shaming me. Um, and I, you know, I'm still fat, but I'm, I'm a lot more muscular than I was then. And part of that was the depression led me to, you know, places where I would cope through eating. Um, I really wasn't, I wasn't even, even then I wasn't drinking. I would cope. I come home. If I had a hard day, I come home, I take a pint, butter pecan, Haagen-Dazs. Oh, oh my God. It was beautiful. And so, I started to make those changes. Hence, we're here in 2021. A lot of that stuff's off the board. One of the last things I felt, I always kind of felt like, eh, do I really need alcohol? Because I would go through these spells where you wouldn't have a drop of it in the house. And then when I went, when I wanted some one day, I would just go and buy a bunch and have it. And it would sit there for months. And so I remember when I came from the hospital, one of the first things I did after I took my blood thinners, so I went to my to my counter with my alcohol and I poured it all out the drain. I mean, I literally poured a hundred dollars worth of alcohol out because it was my statement to me that no, we're done. I and mean, your boy skin be popping, baby. We five months out of it. I'm looking. I know. And so, when you look at my health scare, that really, it really. What it did for me, it did a few things. I I, I talked about it. I can't remember the episode, but I talked about it in a way where I I was where I was supposed to be. I was put in that bed for a reason. It made me really look within. It gave me some time to really reflect. I questioned even, like I said, this woman that I love that I'm going to attempt to see if I can make this work. And this is it. I mean, I've said it before. I look really stupid when it comes to this woman. Because people, I know people are like, what does she have on you? I, I love her. I love her smile. I love her ambition. I love her kindness. I love how she makes me feel. How I love how she walks beside me. I feel like a man. I need more. 
and she needs more. And we'll see if we can have the compatibility to work. I don't have expectations. I seek abundance. That's that. And so being in that bed gave me such an enlightenment and a discovery. Like the people who are in my life are meant to be here. The people who want to be here are here. And the people who fight for it are the ones that I should be giving my attention to. The ones that sit on the fringe who take more from me than they get, then they're going to have to get less than they than they give. And I had conversations with those people and they didn't like it. Um, but I had to learn a part of the enlightenment was control. I still battle with a control element. As a father, I want my son to do certain things because I want him to be set up for success, especially as a black man who's raising a biracial child who knows that in the world he'll go out and be looked at as black. He can pass. Well, he doesn't pass as white, but he can pass through circumstances where maybe at times they think maybe he's Hispanic, but that's, he's still a person of color. And at the end of the day, I want him to be protected. But I have to know that all I can do is teach him and that it's his life to live. And I've sitting in that bed, I learned that I've got to spend more time trying to build the blocks in my life to be an example to him. I've always known that actions matter more than words, but I was struggling because sometimes I was, I was really too tough. So as I move into 2022, I'm really trying to work on being better at the comprehension level with him. It's not just the communication because he hears me and I've seen it numerous times and how he looks at me. It's making sure that my message is clear enough that he can receive it, take it and deliver it. And, um, being in that bed gave me that. It gave me so much enlightenment, so much discovery. And so I came out of the hospital saying, I choose me. And I've been on this path. I'm in this war path. I've been really pissing people off. And that wasn't the intention. It wasn't to be an asshole. But what I know is, is when you sit in abundance and you're choosing yourself above all else, a lot of people are going to be mad at you that were only there for themselves. Let me run that back to you one more time. People who are only, who only care about themselves, when you start to notice that and choose yourself, then they will leave you because they were only there for their own needs anyway. They were never there for you. So I had to open my heart because what I what I learned is, is that I was leaving so much on the table that I was mad about and I was sad about and just angry and just I need to get to a like like I need to get to a point where I can let it go. Like my ex-wife, like being able to go on this trip and have fun with our son and then her other kids. And there were some hectic moments in it. And and it just brought me to this point where I'm like, I will always love this woman. I will always, I will always want to have sex with this woman. I know it. But I don't want to anymore. And that could ch- that could change in the future. This is how bad I am. If we were on a term of where we were friends, like real friends, like we're, like she'll say, oh, yeah, me and your daughter are friends. No, we're not. We're not. I mean, we're friends on a level of like we know each other. We talk. We're parents. And I guess for some people who would listen would be like, why do you care so much about being friends with your ex-wife? I think it's very important. It's important for two reasons. The first reason, I'm picking myself here. That was my best friend. My best friend, this woman that I'm currently trying and I'm trying to pursue that I'm actually trying to finally like lay my heart on the table. If she can elevate to that status of being my best friend, then my ex-wife is done. She has no footing in my life. That'll matter. And and this trip was like that first step. I feel like there's only really two steps because once I let go of the notion that I'm not waiting for her anymore, and I was, 
This is the honest truth. I sat down for seven years because I was literally waiting on this woman. And I let her come into spaces sometimes when I was trying to date this current woman and literally wreak havoc and then just act like a bitch because ultimately it was like, I want you to choose me. And she ate that shit up and I allowed her to do it. And I'm being accountable to myself because I love her and I wanted her to choose me. I always wanted her to come back to me and I had to understand like, that part of our life is over. She'll always, I, 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 I'm an attractive man. I don't gloat. I don't talk a lot of shit, but here we go. I'm going to do this for a minute. I'm, you know, I'm a catch. You know, I need to lose some more weight. You know, but a little strong. But look good. Bucking talk. Got a little, a little tongue on them in many more ways than one. The point is, I know she's attracted to me. And... I think we have an attraction, we have a connection, and it's tough at times because we went through so much that we're on the outside of it. And when you're on that other side of it, it's really tough to be in a space in which you can be objective and you can stay focused. Now people start to figure out, okay, how can I get this person? How can I hurt them? I'm only good for her in the moments where she walks off of an emotional low. And that's when she needs my energy. I ain't here no more. And I said, just like that, I ain't here no more to be an emotional inhaler for anyone. You you need breathing treatments? Go get them from someone else because I don't have them. I'm in abundance. I seek happiness. I choose joy. I want to smile. I want to cry. I want to feel it all. And I'm going to do it with as many women as I need to to get it done. Or maybe I'll be done with this first one. Who knows? talked about i've talked about um enlightenment and discovery in in two phases i think i've talked about it as far as uh love and i've talked about it in a form of knowledge of what i've obtained what i've learned and so to i guess maybe to 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 look at it in one way um i've learned so many lessons about myself and how hard i've been on myself how much pressure I put myself under and how much pressure I allow myself to be under, under these future tenses that don't even exist. I've heard, I've listened above my parents in ways where I've talked in conversations where I've kind of talked about not feeling proud of myself and both of them are like, why are you not proud of yourself? Like I'm proud of you and just feeling emotionally, like just, I could burst and I had to be strong and not cry. And it's, I think in those moments, I feel like a little boy because I was never, I guess I needed a little bit more. You're doing a great job, Jemiah. You're doing a great job. And because everybody is is so, ex, everyone expects me to do the good job. And, I, and this is indicative of what's the problem with me and my ex-wife, why we have a pull and tug. I want her to tell me, yeah, you're, you're this, you're that. And when she doesn't, I've expected her to do it. And I have not been, um, the best in mind. So I punch back and cause she punches at me and I punch back and that leads us to nowhere. But for my parents, at times I was creating scenarios in my own world where they were the bad guy in a world that I created for them to be the bad guy. When ultimately I'm the bad guy because I'm putting them in a world that doesn't exist that they would never exist in. And that's not fair. I, I had to learn to let that go. I had to learn that that was a bad habit. I was blocking my joy because I was fixated 
on what the validation from another human being. I don't seek any validation anymore. I want to be valued, but I don't seek your validation. And I'm just, I got to get better at loving. I got to get better about being honest and being, you know, pushing myself to a level of comprehension. But as far as some of the other, some of the other things like, um, you know, trying new things, like I started cleaning um, and it's a good workout, decent money can turn it into a business. It's an idea that I have to turn into a business alongside of what I do in photography and then possibly adding a notary to it. So 2022 is going to bring me a business one way or the other, because that's going to be a commitment that I wrote to myself one way or the other. I'm going to form something. I'll have my notary by the end of next year. That's the plan. And um, we'll keep cleaning. We'll keep having fun. It's great for me. It's, you know, I don't want to do traditional lunkin weights. I don't, I don't want to be in a gym. I want to be free of that. So I'm enjoying trying different things, learning new skills. Um, you know, I wrote some things about NFTs and, and trying to do that, working on a pod with Josie. We've got some good stuff working. I look forward to doing that in the next year. Um, excited and then getting getting ready to try to take the next step and make this a book to where I can publish it um, is, is a part of something that I want to do. Um, take me to the ocean. I completed it. And and I want to talk about it again because um, I didn't complete it by adding another poem. I just took some poems out and just said, you know, hey, this is the number I'm done. What I what I learned, what I learned from that book is, is that it was already written years ago and it was done. It was a season in my life in which I was clawing to find happiness by using hope to get away from my hurt. Okay. That that part right there, I should clip. That was beautiful. Um it really, it really did give me perspective, give me focus. It allowed me to take my tears and give me a marker to push. And I my hope is to make it a book and to see it publish. And to not just say my name is Jemaith, but I'm an author. And that's a goal too. So yeah, I'm excited about it. As far as the the trip, got to got to take something off the list. The aquarium was beautiful. Got to do things with my son. It was fun. There were testy moments. Um, I still learned that around his mom and when we do parent, there are times where we pull in opposite directions and it really frustrates me. Got to be better about my frustration. Got to be smart enough to know not to fall into those traps. And that was the first day. It was action pack. I mean, we walked a lot. We did aquarium. We did Coca Cola, and then we took a a freaking three mile walk to a to get some food. And it just was too much. And in that situation, I learned when I went back to the hotel and I went to sleep that I got to go back to abundance. And I did. Next day, I was like, "We're gonna. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna go back, and I'm leave. I'm. This is what I'm doing." And every day after that was not bad because I literally committed to myself to not allow someone to control what is mine to control. And she couldn't, she literally couldn't. And that was, um, that was me learning in the moment. Whereas if you would have told me that, uh, say before the hospital, um, the whole trip could have been disastrous. I, had a, I even had a friend check on me. 
the whole trip could have been disaster because I would have literally went off and I literally would have probably just packed up and went home and just left my son in a situation that wouldn't have been conducive for anybody because it would have been me choosing to be petty over being a parent. And so um, I have to give myself praise and the small victories for, for understanding the wherewithal to know that that's not what I want to do. That ultimately I knew that that wasn't going to be a smart decision. And I wanted to see him happy. This wasn't when I took, took this trip. I knew I wanted to do the aquarium. I knew that for sure, but all this trip to do it, I wasn't going to all be about me. There was, there was a bit of sacrifice I was going to give to be his parent and be a part of this moment. And I was ready for it. And mentally I had to remind myself, this wasn't going to be all about Jemaah. It had to be about some other people too. And I was able to get to it. And so when I think, about what's coming um i've already labeled it i've already went back to because i would always give a, a theme a year and 2022 for me is going to be be uncomfortable i learned this in the hospital i learned it coming out i gotta go into those spaces that are uncomfortable i gotta look that person in the eye and say i need this i don't want this look i gotta just tell people the truth and not shade the truth because i'm Honestly, sometimes it's being more intelligent than others emotionally and knowing the outcome. I know you're about to go to door two, so I don't need to say it. And the truth is, is what I learned is sometimes you got to say it. And I don't have the right to try to control the emotional process of another. Just because I understand the answers they're about to say doesn't mean that I just can excommunicate them from their own feelings. I'm, I'm, I'm special. That's why I'm alone. <laughs> um, but I, I got to spend my time thinking for me and not for everyone else. And to do that, I have to be uncomfortable and I'm willing to do that. I'm finally in a space where I'm in abundance. I am happy for just being me. And so I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to give it the shot. And when I get uncomfortable, reminding myself that I'm supposed to be here, that not running back to my comfort zone or my safety blankie is going to save me. None of that has worked for me the last nine years. It's time to like be serious about this and really say, do I really want my happiness? And if I want it, I got to go fucking get it. I got to take this by the horns and say it's mine. Um, and so that is what I have coming for me. I'm going to have some challenging situations. Um, like one, um, by June, the place I'm in right now, I've been here the last seven, yeah, seven years of my life. Done. We're going to close that chapter. So one of the biggest strings to my ex-wife, I no longer I'm going to have to look at this place. And I am happy, excited. I'm kind of scared. I don't have a job, you know, the job that I want that, you know, to get me there. But I have the resources to be able to move myself and, and do what I need to do. But the truth is, is like, I'm ready to close the chapter, honestly. I'm ready to close this last part of it out and then just be free of this environment. Even though I've made it my own, I kind of didn't. Like the room that she was in, like when we were splitting up and she moved into another room, like it still has its bed. I'm ready to throw that bed out. I can't wait. I'm going to start working on that soon because I don't want to have to move anything out of that room when the time comes. And so I just... There are a lot of things that are going to challenge me. Um, finding a new job, finding what I want, 
new love. There's a lot of new things that are coming for me in 2022. And it is going to be scary. But even though I'm going to be afraid, I'm not going to run from any of the challenges that come my way. Whether they beat my ass and I fail, or whether I succeed in them all, my life is not a catalog of succession and failure. My life is a catalog of moments and memories. And I choose to be uncomfortable. So we're going to do that. And um, I'm anxious. I'm excited. I'm scared. And um, I'm not going to quite, I thought I was going to mark off something off my list. I always, I had this written. It was one of the first things I wrote in 2013 to kiss a pretty woman on New Year's. I have not done that since I wrote that. I won't get the chance to do it, but I will spend a new year with a woman I do care about. So I'll debate I'll debate. I think I can write, take something else off the list. But yeah, that that's me. I am trying. No, trying wouldn't be the right word. I am moving myself into the direction to gain everything that I need, I want, and I desire. I'm going to close you out with what is the why, and then wish you a happy new year. So if I look back at 2021 and say, hey, why? What was your why in this year? Um, normally I would tell you guys at the end of the year, I would give you the speech about my son and Hey, Hey, I got another one for you. Um, I'll start with him, but he's not number one. He's number, yeah, I, I would say he's two on this. It wouldn't be one B he's two. Um, he continues to drive me into a place where I seek to make myself better in patience and communication and understanding comprehension and just overall just marvel at what he can do. I get to watch something I created grow before my eyes and amaze me even more from how tall he's grown to how articulate he is, how sweet he is, compassionate, and just some of the adventures and things that he's into. He is his own person and his personality continues to amaze me and makes me just happy to be his dad. So I love you, son. If you ever hear this one day, Know that as much as your dad wanted you to have the life where you got to wake up on Christmas Day and you got to be with both your parents, I fought like hell to give it to you. And even though I failed, we still go to the Waffle House and we still got to see Spider-Man on Christmas Day because that's one of our traditions is Waffle House and we go see a movie, Um, which I'll take this time to say before I started to make this episode I published just to me a rant. It wasn't a rant. It was a thought. It was on Christmas Day. It was a hard day for me. And um, briefly, in the why, um, I'm going to shift to me. Number one, I I picked me. Christmas Day is hard because I don't get to wake up with my son. I don't get to wake up and hear all the laughs and do all the family stuff and the matching pajamas. And that's one of the reasons why I called this woman and told her, I want to be with you next Christmas. That's my goal, because I want that stupid, silly shit that I always picked on. And I realized I wasn't grateful for the moments that I had with it originally when my ex-wife was really excited. And I've come to a place where I have had to let that go, because I've had to suffer from 
not appreciating something because I thought it was stupid. And what I realized is, is that even though she would be extra, I did, I, I did appreciate, I did appreciate being around her. I did love doing things with her and it was fun to me. I just didn't like the extraness that people do for online. There's a lot of shit that I do that doesn't hit online because it's not meant for it. It's meant for those moments and memories. And she would be extra sometimes. But to be honest, if I sat here and I got one wish, I'd go back to it and make sure I didn't fuck it up. But I don't get that wish. We get to move forward and we get to be uncomfortable and we get to try to actually salvage a, a timeline that I continue to break. And this person has had the patience to stay with me. So, and the question could be, why would, you know, do you think that you're, you're giving into that because it seems like home? It's like, no, this person, I, as much as I walk away from them, I can't stop keeping their phone number in my phone. So I'm going to try to be better about that. But the why for me as well is, is that I got to go choose myself completely. I wanted, I learned I've sat back, I reflected, I've taken time, I've marked my ducks, and now I'm going to have to push through. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but I've worked harder, and I know I can do it. If I made it through 13, if I made it through 17, if I made it through 20 to in 21, I can make it through anything. And I know for sure that people love me, and they love me just for me. So... No longer can I stand in this room claiming invisibility when obviously my light shines for all to see. My why is me. So for the end of this year, um, I wanted to say to myself that it has been tough we have cried so many fucking tears this year. I've cried so many times. I felt like a failure so many times. I remember being in the hospital crying, part of just like feeling like, man, I'm letting myself down. My son can't see me. He's scared. He's getting upset. I didn't think I was going to come home. I thought I was going to die. Um, to feeling like, man, the person that I love, I just wanted her to come hold my hand. I felt that weak that I wanted her to hold my hand. And then I thought to myself when she was talking to me, there's nothing wrong in feeling weak in a scary moment. There's nothing wrong. And that's why if people wonder like, well, how did you get back to her? I chose myself. I heard what I heard, what I heard and I gave her the chance to talk to me. And I don't want to hear it, even though I ripped her a new one. But then ultimately I said to myself, like you were weak and that's what you wanted. And that's okay. But guess what? You had an expectation that she was going to be there for you and you didn't communicate it. Now, once did I say, I need you here? I asked her, Would, are you coming? You're going to be able to make it? I didn't say, I need you here. And that's the difference is, is that I have learned the lessons of not communicating directly what I want and making sure the person comprehends it. I will not make those mistakes as we go forward. Even if it costs me friends, even if it costs me love. I've costed myself a lot more doing dumber things. <laughs> so my why is to me, 
to say Jemaiath, we've been we've been through a lot. It's been fucking tough. I've had to hold the load of being a dad and being the father of my mother and going through those processes and just trying to make my parents proud by trying to get back to work so they didn't worry about me and having friends not worry about me and having people not worry about me. It's like, fuck, worry about me. But if you're going to worry about me, pray for me because I don't need your fucking worry. I need you to pray. And, and worry, I won't say worry is not a true concern. It is. But what I'm saying to anyone who ever listens or stumbles upon this is that if you worry about someone genuinely, pick up the phone and call them and say, you've been on my mind. Are you all right? Because that could be the difference in someone not taking their life. That could be in the difference of shining light on the day. We are fucking magic, people. You have magic within you. It's an energy transference. You can make someone's day go to shit, and you can make someone's day go great. I've seen it. I have failed at times of being a father by sending my son to school with tears because I would get frustrated about something that is fucking meaningless. And then I understood exactly where my ex-wife would get irritated with me because in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. And I gave you all that like that because that's the rage I have in me when people don't walk left, right, left like I want. It's control. No longer do I walk within this room afraid of the darkness. I cede myself to the darkness and allow it to consume me, knowing that there is light that is within me. It is that simple. And for me, it will always be that simple. And now that I understand it, I can cede. And by ceding to it, it cannot beat me anymore. I am his master. It is not mine. It is not mine. And so as I end this, I will always pick my son, but I've now picked myself and I'm going to be a better father because of it. And I pray for more um, balance, more calm, more resolve. I pray to comprehend better. I want to listen to understand him better so that I can be a better mouthpiece for him. <laughs> I wrote and I produced 20 positivity walls this year. Week to week, I came back, I kept doing them. I didn't do them in a cluster. I did them week. I did an episodic form. Even when I went back to work, I did that. They sat on my wall and I created them and I, they, something that started off with just little affirmations, I created episodes around them and then I poured it out to the world. Some of my best fucking work this year. Outside of here lately, when I came out of the hospital, man, I've been writing some poems. JDR Creatives, you should go check it out on Instagram. But my point is, I have created, I kept creating. It's not about if it's going to be in the light. It's the acknowledgement to understand. That's exactly why I published the Christmas episode. That if I have something so compassionate, that it's something endearing, I need to leave that mark. Because guess what? When I'm not here one day and my son can listen to my voice, I'm talking to you, Ryan. You saved my life a long time ago. But it is my duty to make sure that I give you life. And if I gave up because life didn't go well for me, well, what would you do? <laughs> But you're better than me. You're going to be better than me. Because you're fucking amazing right now. You're a nine-year-old about to be ten. And you already get the world. 
and you already understand how to move through it to a point. I mean, you don't understand all the parts, but you have a good sense. You have a good heart. Don't be afraid to open it. Your dad was. And I hope to show you in this year that I'm not afraid to open it. I'm not afraid to get dirty. I know I have not been the best father teaching you that. I hope to teach it to you this year. Other than that, 2021, you took Betty White from us and John Madden in the same fucking week. Fuck you very much. But thank you very much for what you gave me in knowledge. Just raw knowledge. Didn't need some of the experiences to get it. (laughs) But the experiences are endearing. So they make sure that you understand it. So it's a fuck you and thank you. And that's that's from me to you. (laughs) Uh, But for any of you who do listen to it, I hope that your new year is, uh, is prosperous. I think I'm just going to thank you in its own, uh, in its own segment. Yeah. So that was, what is your why? We're going to thank you and wish you a happy new year next. Yes, 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 yes. So we have done it. We have recorded the episode, the last episode of this year. Um, We did it. I don't know how many episodes I recorded this year. It didn't give me a wrap to tell me how many episodes uh, season four starts tomorrow. Won't necessarily record tomorrow, but this is the end of season three. Um, Every year will be a season as we record going forward that's kind of how i set them up when i back cataloged it once we could do seasons because anchor isn't an ever evolving platform um and so we're going to start season four a lost episode i believe unless i feel compelled by another rant will be your first episode of um the new year and i have some great poems to really you know read discuss and i love it so i'm excited about that thank you very much for listening to me if you have um wherever you are like i said i could i could do the analytics and i could speak to you know whoever's listening to me in orlando out of orlando florida um whoever has listened to me in england or france um singapore russia whoever's listened to me wherever you are um somebody in california as well i I don't know who you are please feel free to to leave a message if you ever do um i share my life because it became the thing i used to record i used to do a bunch of voice recordings on my phone and then when i switched from an apple device into an android device i lost all those recordings and some of those really if i had those recordings i could connect the dots better for you guys on or just even for myself on my depression it took me some some time to kind of put it all together but i figured out i went through what i needed to i learned and um we're getting better and we're trying to do more for ourselves so then i made this i I went to anchor i made this and i we call it a podcast but i like to call it my audio journal of life it's my agl it just is acronym guy you can tell i've been in sales um and that's just what it is. And so if you've been here, if you've listened, if you have 
taking the time to hear my story. I would love in the new year to hear what I what it's meant for you. I think the hardest part about doing this, knowing that there are other people listening, is not knowing what this does for them. But at the same time, maybe that's a good thing because as an artist, I don't really want as much as artists want people to the admiration, we don't want the criticism. Um, I don't want people to tell me to put it in this kind of format, do it this way, do it that way. I just do what I want, and that's why it's my AGL. But for those of you who have been here, who've listened, for those who have, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Um, And I'm going to continue to share my life in this way because I feel like if, if I don't show it on video or I don't tell it, I will always leave all the secrets here. It's so funny. I'm going to leave this. It's so funny that there are people in my life who know certain things about me, but if all they had to do is listen to this podcast and they would know everything about, well, not everything. I do feel like I give the pod about 96% of my life. There's 4% that I've held back, but those are really dark stories that I don't think well, I won't say I don't think anyone will resonate. I just don't think I'm comfortable leaving them here. But one day, maybe I will. I want to be able to chronicle. I want to be able to chronicle my life and leave it so that I give my son a playbook. That's literally my inspiration for continuing to do this. Because other than that, I could just talk to myself without turning the mic on. You know. Uh, other than that, thank you. Really, that's a long, drawn-out thing to say. Thank you. I want to thank all of you for listening to me. I have to thank myself. I have to thank my son for continuing to push me and I will continue to push myself. Uh, family, friends, I love you all. Even if you piss me off. <laughs> as your new year comes, whatever you're leaving in 2021, leave that shit there. As you go forward, make the best of your new year. It's a fresh start. It's a new chance to be something. And like I say, every day is a new year because guess what? get to reinvent yourself every day so to that i'm gonna be uncomfortable to that i'm gonna keep kicking ass and to that we will cry many tears and we will have many laughs and i hope to kick a bunch of ass happy new year have a safe and happy new year in 2022 she knows it